This is real talk. Real talk radio. This is real talk. High praise ministries presents real talk. Real talk. This is real talk. Real talk radio. This is real talk. High praise ministries presents real talk. Real talk. <laughs> and welcome to yet another edition of High Praise Ministries Presents Real Talk. As always, I am your host, Jesse Jones, here with my beautiful, gorgeous, vivacious, my lovely, my sexy, my in her bonnet, and she don't care, y'all. She's the co-host, the executive producer. She is my wife. She is the queen, Queen Falanda. Say hi to the people, baby. Hi, Bonnet Gang. Ain't nobody out there on the game right now. I promise you. <laughs> right now, no. That's that's you and you alone right now. It's all you. Someone is listening to this and they bond. No, they ain't. They no, they will. Ain't. No, no, they ain't. I see no, it. Ain't. No, they ain't. Matter of fact, if you're listening in your bonnet right now, go to the High Praise <laughs> Go to the uh, the Real Talk Facebook page and comment hashtag bond again. That's what I want you to do. I want to see how many people are listening in their bonnets, which they ain't. Uh, at this time it, during this podcast. Before we get started, as I always like to do, want to give a shout out to my boy, my brother. He is the vocalist and the creator or the co-creator at this point of the Real Talk Jingle. He is my boy, Rashawn Trust. Appreciate him very much as well as my boy, Mike, a.k.a. Trek Gibbs. Uh, he is the man, he is the producer behind the beat for the jingle for real talk he is a beast as a producer he know what he's doing he lays it down he's great at what he does and if you happen to need a producer to hit you, to make sure your rhymes your your rhythms whatever it is you want to do is hot is lit as you young people like to say is litty <laughs> go, go ahead hit, hit up the real talk for, say what hey listen I'm old I'm allowed to sound I should sound terrible saying young stuff when I'm old uh, but go ahead and hit up the uh, the Real Talk email at realtalkhpm at g. Excuse me, Real Talk. Yeah, Real Talk HPM. I forgot our email. Hit up the Real Talk Facebook page mm-hmm. so I remember what the Real Talk. I look. I'm tired, y'all. It's been a long, 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 long week. Uh, but hit up the Real Talk Facebook page. Let me know, and I'll put you in touch with one of the baddest producers in on the East Coast as well as the South. He's a bad, bad boy. Also want to give a shout out to my boy, my brother, my friend. He is Russell. He is Rut, aka Ruttacular, aka Cool Bear, aka Longbeard, aka Light Skinned, aka he is sarcastic as all get out, but still my brother and I love him. He is Russell Worthy. He is our graphics design artist for everything High Praise Ministries, whether it be the podcast, and we got some merch getting ready to come out for the podcast as well, whether it be for, yeah, we got some merch. We got to get some shirts now. I got to get some merch. We got to, you know, get these dollars up. <laughs> Look, I ain't, there's not love talking, but let's get some dollars while I talk. 
Um, he's uh, also the the High Praise Ministries uh, stuff. He does our logo. He co-designed our logo. He does all of our shirts for and all of our merch for High Praise Ministries. He's a beast. If you need some good graphic design work done, holler at your boy, and I'll make sure to put you in touch with him. He's cool peoples. All right, so let's go ahead while I super multitask and get this podcast started. So today's episode, podcast, conversation, discussion, whatever you want to call us. Today, um, we are having we're having a conversation that was originally birthed out of a whole other conversation. So it come, came in two pieces. Um, over the last few weeks, this one question has come to me at least three separate times. Um, it's come to my wife at least two separate times. Uh, when I am counting over the last six months. And then there was the Breakfast Club interview that kind of solidified it with Fantasia. Uh, she made some statements on this interview that has the Twitterverse just in an uproar. Men and women alike are upset at Fantasia. They're upset at what was said. They're upset. They're just upset for the sake of being upset. That's how I feel about it. Um, but so since they're upset, I figure we go ahead and jump in on this upset train because I love for folks to go on here and be upset at me. Just go on here and be upset at me like I did something wrong. That's what. That's how I feel about it. So we're gonna go ahead and talk about roles in a relationship, and not just the roles in the relationship, but roles in a marriage more, most specifically. Um, we'll parlay some things into relationships as well, but I want to deal specifically as it relates to marriage, because who better to be able to talk about marriage? Than two married people. Married people. We may or may not, because we have not discussed. Well, we've discussed the topic, but we have not discussed what we're going to say on, on this podcast together. So we may or may not say some things that we both agree with, or we may or may not say some things that we disagree with. But therein lies the beauty of marriage, and therein lies the beauty of this discussion. We're going to talk about it and talk about it live on air. So. Before we get real deep in this, and what I'm going to do so y'all know how it's going to work, here's how I'm going to do it. I changed, up, I changed my mind midstream. Here, here's what I want to do. Normally, with a lot of these things, a lot of our topics, I talk for a while, and then I allow my wife to talk, and she then allows me to talk. We just kind of do it back and forth like that. I'm going to do a slight switch up today, mm-hmm. midstream. And what I'm going to do first, we're going to hear from my queen first on this topic of relationship roles. And so uh, she's going to go first because when I get into it, I'm going to I'm going to give you all some scripture, too. And and I want to I want to dispel the myth of some scripture that has been used. And I want to hit some others real quick. I promise you I ain't go preach. But I just want to I want to attack this in a different way. And so. Floor is yours, baby, in terms of relationship roles. If you want to, you know, uh, do it in terms of answering a spe- answering the specific question or, or let them know what that specific question was or however you want to go with it, floor oh. is yours. Well, okay. So 
how the original question came about was uh, the famous scripture, women submit yourselves to your husbands. I told you. Um, women submit yourselves to your husbands. And this has somehow snowballed, especially after Fantasia's interview, into something just... I guess necessary, but I feel like it's kind of unnecessary. And here's why I feel like it's kind of unnecessary. Um, it's because this should be a conversation. Most of the people that are upset about this are either in a bad relationship or they're not married. So Well, no, I'll, I'll go ahead and keep okay, talking while you go ahead and t- while you go ahead and take the Sorry. take the. So the, no, we, I, 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 I could have, I could have, uh, I, I could have stopped this and had to start over. I just honestly, I just didn't really feel like it. So my wife was, she's roasting some, uh, uh, what the heck is it called? Some some sunflower seeds that she got from Kroger because she felt like they weren't tasty enough, and she got the house now smelling like burnt toenails and cat oil. And so she's, she ran into the kitchen to go take care of that. So I guess I'll be talking for a little bit. So, yeah, the conversation, <laughs> I could just, I could, I really could have just stopped this and started over or paused. I just didn't feel like it. I just really didn't. We ain't going to do this all over. We're just going to keep going with whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, really this conversation started just like that. It started with, with um, somebody that we know uh, asking some questions about relationship roles and Men in relationships in particular. And I just was, started with the whole group conversation, having this conversation. And no, one person. I'm not talking about the I'm not, I'm, same person, oh. but actually started before then. This this second go round started okay. with that. But remember, if you remember way back when, when we were back in Columbus, right. the same conversation happened. Okay. Well, no group posts about that. Um, so it came about as, as a result of a conversation with somebody we know asking about some things about what relationship roles. Um, this is way back when. Then it came uh, a few weeks ago. The same person was in a particular group on Facebook. And they began to ask about relationship roles again. Or the question was raised in the group about relationship roles. I'm going to let my wife take over because she back sitting down. And she actually had the conversation with the person directly to know kind of the Facebook group kind of portion of it. Okay, so the conversation was about... Um, in, in that particular instance about the scripture, uh, women, wives, submit yourselves to your husband. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I feel like it's kind of unnecessary because a lot of people who have a problem with the scripture are in a, they have experienced people abusing that scripture or they are single. Let me just yes, define, Lord. Let me let me just define something. First and foremost, and nothing in the Bible about you and your boyfriend, you and your boo, you and your side dude, you and your um, it's complicated relationship, you and your fiance. Even let me just clear that one up because that's still not married. I don't know why people think just because you have agreed to be married that it still counts before you're married. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. You are still technically single. Um. Cannot and write if you don't, like that, if you don't like that idea, then first I need you to go and Google the word, look it up, and make sure you know the definition, and then you could come at me. Um, I make it real easy. 
You can't put you can't put Sabu, you can't put fiance on your taxes. You can't claim them. So that's what we're talking about. We talking about we talk about people you can claim. The person you claim on your taxes on your W nine. So the conversation uh, was about that, and then so Fantasia was on the Breakfast Club, and she made a statement about um, women in gender roles and how. Uh, and, and here's here's what he was a trigger for a bunch of women um, is that a lot of women are single nowadays because they are the leader because they are the head of the household. So here is my unpopular opinion, and I really don't care. And it's not because I'm married, because it just is what it is. Um, I've always thought this. So for the longest time, and particularly I can speak for the black community, they have done everything they could from the time of slavery and even until present day now to make sure that African-American households are without fathers, without leadership in the household. The government actually condoned a portion of this during our time and we don't even realize it. They actually kind of enforced it. So if you go back to slavery, if you want to go way back, the first thing they did was they would take, um, they would capture whole entire families or men and women would be together, get together on the plantation and have their little version of a marriage ceremony. Mm -hmm. And they would make, they would let them breed and then they would immediately send the male off so that the woman could be under even more submission to her, to the master. And there she was on the plantation without a covering, without somebody to have her back, uh, really without backup. Um, there was nobody there to protect her. And then this way, this helped kept African-American women, black women, submissive. Because now, who going to save you? Who going to protect you? So then the masters would turn around and rape them, abuse them, and pillage them. And this has been our legacy. And so we kind of got used to the man not being there. They would make sure they specifically sell couples off to different plantations. They would split them up so that you wouldn't be with your husband and that way you wouldn't have protection because I, any man worth his salt, any man, I'm not talking about your boyfriend, your boo, your sad thing, whatever, it's complicated relationship, dude. I'm talking about your husband. Your husband will do, he will give his life to protect you. He's not going to let you just be beaten. He not finna watch you just be beaten, raped, murdered, tortured. He not finna do that. Because you are his responsibility. And if he love you, he will not watch somebody else harm you. Mm -hmm. And they knew this. White men do it. The white men back then did all the time. They quit too. You couldn't even be a black man and look sideways at a white woman. Or it was going to be some problems, issues, and concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, so they knew this because it's in, it's innate within a man to protect their family. And a man, I'm not talking about boys. I'm talking about some of these people you've been in relationship with just because they're the age of manhood and they not really been men. Any real man, this only applies to real men. Any real man will not let his family be harmed. So they made sure that in particularly separated them. Now you fast forward to the time 
uh, when after slavery, when when we started needing, when the whole entire world, actually post-world, the Depression, post-World War, whatever that was, I can't think of it right now on tip of my tongue. But whenever the Great Depression came and people started needing public assistance, they made sure that, and particularly in the cases of black households, um, you could not receive benefits as a couple. So either your whole family starves or the man leaves the house. Mm-hmm. And even nowadays, that same sentiment still remains. If you are married and you and your husband fall on hard times, and we could go back to as, as, as soon as if we all remember back in January when there was that government shutdown. Mm-hmm. And a whole bunch of people was trying to apply for benefits and couldn't get they were couldn't qualify for workman's comp and it was just an influx of unemployed people. If you were married, you were not getting government assistance. Yeah. Because it is a responsibility the government recognizes that it is a responsibility of your husband to provide for that household. So there you are with no insurance. You can't get food stamps, you can't even get temporary cash assistance, and you're being punished actually because you're a family. But let you be a single woman, and then they're like, oh, all, all men ain't this, no problem, here's your food stamps, here's your cash assistance, here's this, that, and the other. And predominantly, it happens more in people of color's household than it does people of not of color, in Caucasian households. Mm-hmm. And I don't say that to get on my little black woman militant soapbox but i'm saying these are actual facts they're actual statistics to prove this Ooh, almost got it <laughs> close she was close i was close um there are actual there they've been actual studies and research on this to prove this so for all of the people who are very upset about men being the head of the household as God has designed it because he created man first and he did that with a specific reason in mind. Men have certain characteristics that are supposed to be there so that our families survive. They're supposed to be providers. Matter of fact, if it wouldn't have been a curse God put on Adam, if they wasn't supposed to provide, that they mm-hmm. have to work. He ain't tell a woman she got to work all the day. For all of us, uh, for I'm sorry, for all, because I'm not one of you. I'm sorry, I had to apologize, because really I work because I want to work. Um, but for all the people who are mad uh, about that, that, you, you know, it's not your job to make sure that the household... And unless you are a single individual, it's not your job. God did not ordain it for your job for you to work. Like he didn't. That wasn't the punishment for woman. Painful childbirth cramps all of this menopause. Yeah, that's all Eve's fault. All Eve right there. But men are supposed to work all the days of their life. They really ain't supposed to be no retirement for them. That ain't what God intended. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say you ain't supposed to. Look, if you work hard and invest your money, then yeah, it should be there regardless. But that's not the God originally designed it where men are supposed to work and take care of their family, provide them. Men will put first, they're supposed to be the protectors. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be the preachers, the teachers, the leaders. Not to saying that women can't do this. I'm not saying that. Please get that out of your ear. Because God will anoint and appoint whoever he has to do it. My husband is the pastor and it does not mean that I can't teach. Just because you don't hear me on a regular Saturday basis teach, don't mean that I can't. I'm teaching right now and you don't even know it. (laughs) (laughs) But there were certain gender roles that were made 
so that we have balance. And the problem is that we're so used to being imbalanced that people are freaked out when it gets pointed out to them. Fantasia wasn't saying that um, women can't do it. She was saying that you shouldn't have to. To make this more personal and give a part of my own testimony, so when me and my husband got together, I was making my own, I had my own money, had my own place. I've been doing it, was raising our daughter for 14 years. And for those who don't know, who just tuned in for the first time ever, our daughter is not his biological daughter. He, she was 14 when, when we met. Mm -hmm. um, and I was raising her, had my checking, savings, Crashed my credit, filed bankruptcy, redeveloped my credit, established the whole nine yards, all on my own. Not to say that I can't do it. I got my own degree. I handle my business. Not to say that I can't. But when I was really real with myself, long before he came into the picture, when I finally got really real with myself, I really admitted that I was, I was tired of doing it all by myself. Not that I can't. My mom raised four kids on and off basically by herself with three different baby daddies. <laughs> Not to saying it can't be done. I'm just saying at some point, it's okay to not want to do it. And it don't make me no less of a woman. It don't make me like less independent. It don't degrade me in any old kind of way. But I ask God, I said, I'm, I'm tired. I, I thank you that you gifted me with the ability to do it, but I'm tired of doing this by myself. Mm -hmm. And when I prayed for a husband before he came, when I prayed for a husband, that was one of my criterias. Not that I can't do it. It's just that at some point you get tired of doing this for 14 years on my own. Some of y'all have done it way longer than that. And if you be really real with yourself, if you could have had another way, especially I'm talking to the single parents, if you could have had another way, I don't think it's, it, it, it is probably 1% of women out there who just want to have a baby and do that all by herself. It is hard trying to work full time, not knowing who, look, if you listen, look at some of the news today and these horror stories that even that goes on these daycares, they have baby fights and videotaping that they mm -hmm. were less than children. You don't know who you could trust your children with. You got teachers acting crazy in the school, school shootings. You don't know what's going on. You could, I, we just celebrated the anniversary, the 18th anniversary, 19th anniversary, one of those two of, of September 11th. I can remember what I was doing on September the 11th. I was a single mom dropping my child off at, 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 at preschool, standing at the bus stop when I heard the first tower fail, and I was conflicted. Do I go back, run to the school, grab my child, and miss a day of pay, which takes away from her being able to eat, or do I go ahead and go to work and pray that nothing happens in Chicago while I'm downtown near the federal building? And we shouldn't have to do that. It should not be a requirement for our survival. So in that aspect, I say Fantasia is all the way right. So let's do this. 
I'm 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 warning y'all ahead of time. I'm about to pull off the teacher in me, so y'all gotta bear with me for a minute. Let's deal with this scripture. It's Ephesians, the fifth chapter, starts at verse twenty-two, and immediately the first stanza is where everybody has an issue with and where people stop at. Mm-hmm. Just a forewarning, we're not stopping there. But it says, and I'm reading from the New King James Version, just in case you want to know what version I'm reading from. It says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. First of all, matter of fact, we are going to stop there for a second because I really can stop right there. But I'm going to put a pause right there for a second. Here's your first issue when you're talking about wives submitting and people being upset with this term submission. Most women, and I'm going to say this as a man, I know I'm going to be called sexist and all this other garbage, but whatever. Most women have an issue with the scripture of submission because they don't want to submit to God. Bible says, submit to your own husbands. How? As you would submit to the Lord. So the fact that you want to be the leader, you want to be equal, you want to be whatever in your marriage with your husband is an outgoing, is, a, is an outward expression of how you really want to deal with God. You really don't want God telling you what to do. You really don't want God helping and guiding your pathway. You really don't want God correcting you. You really don't want God to impart it to you. You really don't want God to push you to your purpose. You want to do it all on your own. And I say... If you want to do it all on your own, be on your own. To become one is a very real thing when you do this thing right. Even when you do this thing wrong and you try to get it right, it's a very real thing. So if you want to do this on your own, be on your own. But let's go further. Why? Go ahead. I'm sorry. One second. And and let me just put something up in there. Let let's let's make sure we make this plain. Mm-hmm. Wives, not girlfriends, not fiancés, not any of these people. We're talking about wives to and your own to husband. your own husband. Not 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 the dude that you messing with on the job. That's your work husband. Not him. Your own husband, the person who has legally been registered with the state as your spouse, that person. And and I would also like to say that when in that scripture, oh, sorry, I'm sorry, I got to look at yours because mine ain't pulled up yet. Mm-hmm. You just have verse 25, don't go further to verse 25 yet. Oh, this doesn't, uh, real simple. If you're not a believer in Christ, this don't apply to you at all. It sure don't. Scripture is not for non-Christians. If you believe in, oh, I'm spiritual. Uh, I'm an atheist. I'm an agnostic. I'm, I don't know what I believe. If you are not said the prayer of salvation, if you are not giving your life to Christ, this does not apply to you <laughs> at all. So I don't know why you are in the conversation because this don't apply to you. And here is why. Verse 26 says, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. The husband is the head of the wife. His wife. Mine says the wife, but his wife. His own wife. 
the husband, he is the head. There's a scripture I'm, I'm probably going to drop later on in this to really tick y'all off. So some of y'all really ain't going to like that. Some of y'all didn't even know it was in the Bible. And I'm going to deal with the fact that some of y'all believe that, oh, this is just an oppressive thing that people like to do, blah, 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 blah. I got, I got y'all. I got y'all. Because I've been dealing with this conversation for quite a while. And, and even before just this year, this is one I had to answer to and help people understand for quite a while. Because I've been counseling marriages for a long, long time. I counsel people get, who want to get married for a long, long while. So husbands are the head of the wives, just as Christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Now, I'm going to go fast through the rest of these verses real quick. Then I'm going to go back. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the, word by, washing of the water by the word, that he might be present to her to himself, excuse me, that he might present her to himself a glorious church not having a spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she would be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies, for he who loves his wife loves himself. For, he, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it, cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So let's deal with one thing first. Let's clear some things up. First, let's clear up this stupid word that y'all have an issue with. That women have an issue with, and this punkish modern day man, this metro garbage man being led by his testicles. Y'all hate this word called submission. What does the word submit actually mean? Because most people have no idea what it means, nor do they know how to do it. The word submission or submit means to yield oneself to the power or authority of another. I put a word in the definition that, uh, that helps to articulate what that definition means. To yield willingly to, one's, to someone else's power or the authority of someone else. When you submit, you are willingly saying, I will allow you to be head over me. I will allow you to be the authority over me. Some of y'all kill me. Most of y'all kill me. Y'all got an issue submitting to your husband, but have no issue submitting to your boss. You, give, you don't think you do, but you give your boss more respect than you give your husband. Your boss asks you to do something, and you do it even if you don't like it. You may complain to a coworker, but you still do it. Your husband asks you to do something, and you pitch a fit. Now, I want you to also understand something. I'm jumping ahead in my notes, but, but, I want, but I'm going to jump there now because I feel like it's a good place to jump there. No, I'm not. Uh, I, while you're dealing with submission and placing yourself under someone else, you need to understand and make sure that wives, excuse me, before you become wives, women, 
before you choose to submit under some man to be your husband, you need to make sure he's submitting under, has somebody to submit under as well. You should not submit under a man who don't know God. I'll let that dead air hit for a second just to let that marinate. Part of the issue with women submitting is y'all are submitting to the wrong pieces of garbage. These immature boys who don't know how to be men. And so the reason you don't want to submit is because this child can't lead you. And you are effectively, oh, this is going to make some people so mad. You're an emotional pedophile. You are walking around with a man by age, but a boy by emotion. A boy by maturity. You're a grown woman walking around with a boy emotionally and mature-wise. Now, if we match this person's age with their maturity level, they are a child and you are a grown person, you have effectively molested this child, this person with your mature emotions. And since you know that this person is not mature enough to lead anything, they cannot lead themselves out of paper bag, they can barely lead themselves out of bed. This is one of the reasons, one of the reasons, y'all got an issue with submission. Well, my suggestion to you would be stop submitting and stop looking to submit under boys and look for a man. Now, here's where, here's where you get that. Now, watch this. Go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter and the 3rd verse. This is the scripture I, want, I was going to hit. It's going to make some of y'all mad because y'all didn't even know this was in the Bible because half of y'all who, who hate this type of conversation... Y'all ain't saved anyway, or you only come to church on Christmas and Easter and stuff like that, or you holiday them holiday saints. And if you ain't a holiday saint, like, no, I go to church every week. I go, I'm, I'm there all the time. Well, you must not read your word, or you must not care what your word says. First Corinthians, the 11th chapter and the third verse, the Bible declares, but I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. Meaning he has to have someone to submit to. He needs, in order to be a man, he has to submit unto Christ. The head of, you know what? You have it in your, in your Bible? Mm, let me go to that scripture. Well, that's okay. You can read it off of mine. No, I want to read it in the easy read version. Mm -hmm. what, where is it at? Uh, 1 Corinthians 11 and 3. You got it? Yeah. Okay. So, I, but, the, but I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. What's the next part of that say? And the head of every woman is the man. Stop right there. Say it again. And the head of every, of, I'm sorry, the head of a woman is the man. One more time. And the head of a woman is the man. Here's the problem. You trying to be, this, and this is what Fantasia was trying to get across. And I think did a very good job of it. You are trying to be something you are not qualified to be. You have a head. So let me make this pr as practical as I possibly can. You trying to be the head of your relationship is like your children trying to be the head of you. No, I am not equating women to children. But what I am equating is the idiocy of the statement. 
if your 13, 10, 12, 16, 18-year-old child tried to be your head, you would have a fit. And most of y'all black women would probably knock their block off. Unless you had no sense and don't know how to deal with a child and raise a child. That's a whole other issue for some of y'all soft parents, but we won't go there. The head of every woman is a man, but you can't submit under a man until you recognize that the head of every man is Christ. And by man, the Bible does, in my version, let me just clear it up, it does say, it is inferred that that is your husband. Not any man, that is your husband. This scripture, once again, we to make sure we make this clear, mm-hmm. not apply to single people. Ain't a clue to the guy that's sleeping in the bed with you that you're shacking up with, just in case you want the old school term, that you're shacking up with. Don't apply to him. And I think where we fall short at, as women is, is taking to this time to analyze, discern, discern, and assess whether or not the male that you're with is a man. That he is man enough to be your husband and to handle these responsibilities. Just because he cute, just because he got a six pack, just because he got a little money, he a ball player, just because it, just because it, just because it, doesn't make him qualified to be a husband. And I think when we go back and actually do some research and some study and really talk about the identity of a husband and a wife, Mm-hmm. We'll see that sometimes, and even some of you married people have married some people who do not fit those criteria. Well, I'm going to help out with some of that right now because you're right where I was going to go next to. I need y'all to understand something. Let's go back to Ephesians. Go back to Ephesians real quick. Ephesians 5, 22 through 33. We ain't going to read it all. I just want you to see something real quick. When this, when this passage deals with wives, you always see submit. You will never find husbands submit to your wives. I could, do a, I could do a long teaching if I want to on just up above it, Ephesians 5.21, where it talks about submit ye one to another. It's not talking about married people. But I'll leave that alone. But for all y'all people who've been taught that or teach that, stop it. Read your Bible. Read the pretext. Go before verse 21 you'll find who that scripture is referring to is not referring to husbands and wives. Now, so for the person I made that statement to, after doing further research, I do apologize. I misthought. Now, what you will find, however, is everywhere the Bible talks about in this passage, wives that use the word submission. You will never find the scripture telling husbands to submit. So I hear women in my head already. Oh my God, why we got Smith? What? What's a husband role? He ain't got to do nothing. Why we always got Smith? Blah, blah, blah. Well, watch this. Everywhere you see the word husband, it's almost always followed by the word love. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something you probably have never heard. And I challenge you to, to, to prove me wrong. You will never find a scripture anywhere in the Bible that tells the wives to love their husbands. Nowhere. From Genesis to Revelations, you'll never find a place where wives are told to love their husbands. Husbands are always told to love their wives. 
So if you want to understand, one of the things that should make the characteristic of a husband is, do they know how to love? So wait a second. Since we're already in this Bible knee deep, let's go a little knee deeper. Let's understand what love is. Let's go to infamous love scripture. First Corinthians chapter 13. Starting at verse four. Bible says that love, this is the definition of love. So when you look for your husband, when you want to see is this man potential to be my husband for me to submit under. And men, if you want to find out if you husband material, this is one of the things you have to have in your arsenal. The Bible says love suffers long. Translation, love is patient and mm. kind. I'm going to come to that because it's actually a little further down. Oh, sorry. It suffers long simply means it has tolerance. It's willing to take some shots. Are you willing, watch this man, are you willing to go ahead and be the one that's wrong even though you ain't wrong? Are you willing to take some shots for your wife and still be kind? Love is long-suffering. It allows itself to get beat up sometimes. This is why wives are never told to love. It's one of the reasons why y'all get in trouble. Y'all are trying to do something you're not told to do. Something that's in you, but you're not commanded to do. You're trying to go outside of what you are, of what you are, to something that was commanded to do something for somebody else to do. Let me make that practical before I go on. That's like if you work in a job and you are a data entry specialist. That's like what you're trying to do is go do the janitor's job. Because you heard your boss tell the janitor, clean up. And you start picking up stuff and sweeping the floor and, and wiping down tables. And you wind up neglecting your job. That's what you trying to do, something, trying to do this love thing is like. You're not commanded to love your husbands. You're commanded to submit under him. So love suffers long men and has to be kind. Love does not envy. You ain't looking at what you at what you have given to your wife or what your wife has and you pissed off about it. So for all y'all who was in Fantasia's comments like, I can't believe she's submitting under her husband and she make more money than him and she the breadwinner. It doesn't matter who makes more money or not. My job as a husband is not to envy my wife, but to build her up. I want her to shine. The, my love for her wants her to shine, wants her to be the best, wants her to be the greatest. She can submit under him because she recognizes that part of the reason she is able to do what she does like she does it now is because she found her man. She'll say it. I ain't just said it. Love does not parade itself around and is not puffed up. All y'all punk men always trying to be, I'm the man in the house, it's my house, I wear the pants. That ain't love. If your man is doing that, he ain't husband material. Love does not behave rudely. That's a big one, y'all. 
Oof, your man is so rude to you. Like me and my wife, we have interactions that that may sound rude to people outside of our relationship. But for her, we're not rude to one another. And we say all kinds of crazy stuff to one another. That's we really our, do. That's our love language. That's our love language. Don't try what we say. Please don't try what we say to to you yours. End up in divorce quarter in jail, one of the two. <laughs> this ain't gonna work. That's our but for us, that's not rude. I'm not supposed to say anything rude to my wife. Period. No matter how I feel. Because love does not behave rudely. Love does not seek its own. It's not about me. It's about putting her first. It's not provoked. No matter what she does to you, you keep your cool. Love thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity. In other words, it's not trying to, get, it's not trying to go tit for tat. And when, and when something happens to her, I feel bad. I don't, I don't be like, ha-ha, that's what happened. See, I told you, if you didn't listen to me, you... Nah, that's not what love does. But love rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Then it gets nice and churchy, and I'll summarize the nice and churchy. And it's basically saying, if you do anything without love, it's stupid. Because love is, going, love is the only thing that won't vanish away. Prophecies fail and tongues will cease and knowledge will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is done, which is done in part will be done away with. Then it goes on to when I was a child, spoke as a child and all that. And jumped down to verse 13, which is my favorite. Now abide faith, hope, love these three. But the greatest of these is love. This is what you need to have as a husband. As a husband. So for all those people out there who have unfortunately, and I apologize, that someone has portrayed themselves as a Christian or said they were a Christian and has not displayed any of these characteristics, and has used that scripture as people often do. The abuse of scripture has been used for everything from slavery to now pedophilia. And yes, it is starting to happen because women were younger in the Bible days. Yes, people will get a hold to a thing and abuse that thing. If, But people who are of Christ, who are striving to be Christ-like. Once again, we are only talking to Christians. People who are striving to be Christ-like will not do any of these things. At no point do you hear anything about beating your wife, telling her to shut up, disrespecting her. You don't hear none of that in there. So if you have ever encountered that, then I caution you to rethink whether or not you are submitting under a man of God. And I think so often we as women sell ourselves short because we don't know our worth. To me, this woman that this man is talking about, that this woman that will be on the other side of what this scripture talks about dealing with love, she sounds like a princess or a queen. Oh, I'm... She sounds revered. And she, she sounds is. uplifted and encouraged. That don't sound nothing like somebody who has been beaten down. Oh, and, and, and here's why. So if, if you can't, if you find it hard to grasp 1 Corinthians 13, 
I got an easier way for you. I'm, I want to help y'all women. I really do. And I want to help the men too. But it's the, it's the women who wind up being in the bind because these things have been abused. So if you can't really grasp in your mind 1 Corinthians 13 like that, let me help you out. Go back to Ephesians 5 and verse 25. It says, husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church. So let's make this real easy. If you want to know whether or not your man is husband material, ask yourself, does he love me like Jesus loved the church? To the point where the next scripture in 26 says he died to make Oh, you're ahead of me. I'm sorry. That's all right. Hope. Ooh, that thing. When I saw that, ooh, that thing. You died for me? (laughs) <laughs> Only because I'm going to give you five key things, just five, that you need to know to see whether that your man loves you like Christ loved the church. First of all, what, how did Christ love the church? One of the first things Christ did for the church is he listened and met their needs. He listened to the church and met their needs. You never find a place where Jesus ain't listening. Church people, they come up to him. Jesus, I got this need. I got this. Help me. Talk to me. He, 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 he heard them first. Lord, teach us to pray. Okay, cool. You want to know how to pray? Pray in like manner. This is how you pray. This is the formula that lets you pray. Nicodemus came to him and said, oh, God, how, what do I do to be saved? And he gave him the process for salvation. He told him that that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That which is born of the blood is blood. And he talked about the process of being born again. Jesus listened, and then he met needs. He healed. He delivered. He set free. He opened blinded eyes. Whatever he had to do to meet your need, he did it. Will your man try to listen to you and meet your needs, even when it's uncomfortable for him? Number two, this is the one y'all ain't going to like, though. He corrected the church. When the church was out of order, When the church was wrong, he corrected them. Sometimes he was flipping tables over. And sometimes it was a conversation. If your man does not have the testicular fortitude to tell you you're wrong when you're wrong, he ain't husband material. You need to be able to listen, but he's got to be able to let you know you're wrong when you're wrong. Because isn't the husband accountable for that? If you go out there misinformed and doing stuff wrong, God ain't going to come to you and ask you about that first. When your husband goes before judgment day, not only is he giving an account for his own actions, his own sins, his own walk, but he is also giving, he is now literally held accountable for yours. So if you out there a mess, he in trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's, it's like when, 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 for those of you who have siblings, and I've had this happen, if mama leave you in the house and you the oldest one and you're in charge, she not going to say nothing to your little brother or sister who then came in there and destroyed some stuff, drank the juice, made a mess all over the counter because you were left in charge. God is the same way. He is in charge. So he is going to get that whooping when that house is messed up. <laughs> all day long number three he gave the church all he had is your man who you looking at to be your husband 
is your husband, who's your husband currently, will this joker give you everything they got? I don't just mean materially. I mean give you all their heart, their attention, their drive. Will they do what they got to do to make sure you comfortable? Will they give you everything they got? Will they go without to make sure you got? So so let's make this practical. We're going to take something very trivial because right now it's football season. Mm -hmm. If you are going through, will your husband turn that game, pause it, whatever it takes to sit there and take a moment to hear you out? I'll do you one better. Will just because you want to have some time with him, will he miss the game so he can spend time with you because you need the time? That's what Christ did. Christ he was asleep one time. Bible says he was asleep on the boat. Storm was raging. Here come the disciples. They need him. Jesus, Jesus, don't you care? We about to die. Oh my God, so much going on. He was like, you of little faith. He could have gone back to sleep and let them go ahead in their terror. He forsook his sleep, got up and made sure the storm stopped and his people were calm before he went back to sleep. Will your husband do that for you? Number four, Christ pushed the church to its purpose. Everybody he tried to make sure they lived to the purpose that God had given to them. If your husband, the man you're looking at to be your husband or your current husband, will not push you to purpose, will not push you to excel, will not push you to be greater, better, and not bitter, will he push you if he can't do that? He ain't your husband. Now, let me say this real quick. Let me jump. Let me just I'll let you jump in. He can't push you if he ain't going nowhere. He had in order to push you. He has to know the way. So if you got this do nothing, go nowhere husband. And I ain't talking about, because I know some of y'all have been jumping on Fantasia. It was like, oh, she married an ex-con, and he ain't got this, and he need to do this. Listen, you don't understand the potential that man had and the things and the vision he had. Sometimes it just takes having a vision to be able to push somebody to greatness. Will your husband push you to your, even if you don't want to go? If you, sometimes you kick it and screaming and mad about it, would they pour into you and push you to greatness? You was gonna say? I, I was gonna say the, so that you can get a modern day example of how what this looks like. Mm. Papoose and Remy Ma. Mm-hmm. Papoose is a dangerous rapper. That man know words and lyrics like no other. He so does not get the credit he deserves as a rapper. He is amazing. That mm-hmm. man is a wordsmith for those who understand. That man is a wordsmith. You ain't heard him nothing about him pushing for no album, no time recently. He is pushing. As soon as his wife got out of jail, what do you need? Where do you want to go? What do you want to be? You want a wedding? We'll make it happen. They had a wedding. You want another child? They endured miscarriages, fertility issues. Mm -hmm. He stood by her side at every moment. If this is what you want, baby, don't give up. Pushing her into where where she wanted to be. Putting himself aside. If he could, he could have dropped the album by now. He's far better than some of these garbage rappers. And he's been pushing 
making sure that every need that she had got met. When she had to do her court case, he stood by her side. He has been there the whole time. You need to start looking for a man like that instead of the man that would be like, look, you need to sit down and shut up and let me shine because mm -hmm. I'm 50 years old trying to still be a rapper. And number five, Christ put the church first, even to the point of death. Will your man put you first and is he willing to sacrifice even his very life if it means that you get to live? I make the joke all the time about that stupid movie, The Titanic. <laughs> there was enough room on that stupid door for both of them to sit down, for both of them to possibly make it. But Leonardo DiCaprio's character loved this girl so much, he said, no, I don't want to take no chances of you not being able to make it. I don't want you in this water being cold. I don't want you because you may not be able to hang on. You sit on the door. I'll hold on for as long as I can. And even if I don't make it, I'm cool as long as you make it. That's a husband. If your man ain't willing to do that, he can't be your husband. And if your man is willing to do that, that's a dude to submit under. Because he's always going to make sure that your submission means you come out on top. Now watch this. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to finish up this topic because I got one more place I want to take y'all. We're going to have some discussion and then we're going to hit Real Talk Banter and we out. But I want, there's one other place I want to make sure y'all hit and just as a tease for some of y'all who have been hanging on for a little while, here's your tease. Some of y'all so much keep thinking that the submission thing means that you were, you don't come out ahead, that you're, you're not, you're not great. Let me, let me, I'm going to give y'all some clarity on that. We'll be right back right after these messages. Are you tired of church as usual? Are you looking for something different? Do you need a real relevant word that's impactful and will reach you right where you're at? Then High Praise Ministries is the ministry for you. Come fellowship with us every Saturday at 1 p.m. Here at 3466 Holcomb Bridge Road in Norcross, Georgia. Here at High Praise Ministries, we believe in bringing forth a real, raw, relevant word to reach you wherever you're at, no matter what you're going through. No judgment, no fuss. We'll have you in and out in an hour and a half of power-packed word and worship. So come, fellowship with us. Come see what the difference is all about. High Praise Ministries Next Level Service. We're the real raw church of purpose. And we are college for your service. All right, all right, and we back, we back. So we still talking about this role, so we're gonna finish this portion up and then we're gonna get into some real talk banter. But one of the things, and this, and this actually hit me while my wife was talking earlier um, about this whole roles thing. And, and understand this role thing. I was reminded about some people being upset with Fantasia because, you know, she make more money and all this other stuff. How can she submit unto him? And here's what I want to bring out. I don't know a woman on the face of the planet, whether they are Christian or not, believe God or not, that don't want to be a virtuous woman. Facts. Save women and non-save women like all screaming, I'm a virtuous woman. Okay, cool. 
Let's examine that for a quick second. Go to Proverbs 31. Most of y'all ain't never went to the scripture. Y'all just heard it and thought it was cool and catchy. Proverbs of 31st chapter starts at verse 14. And for simplification reasons, I'm going to read from the easy to read version. I want you to see this and understand this so that you can, so that you can know what we're talking about. So you understand that your submission, which is required to be a virtuous woman, your submission doesn't mean that you're less than. The easy to read version in Proverbs 31, starting at verse 10 says, how hard is it to find the perfect wife? Wife. So understand, in order to be a virtuous woman, you gotta be a wife. She is far more than jewels. Her husband depends on her. He will never be poor. She does good for her husband all her life. She never causes him trouble. She's always gathering wool and flax and enjoys making things with her hands. I sound like y'all doing all the work, which is what women always be saying. We always got to do all the work. <laughs> Keep reading. She is like a ship from a faraway place. She brings home food from everywhere. She wakes up early in the morning, cooks food for her family, and gives the, and gives the servants their share. She looks at the land and buys it. Hold on. How are you buying land? Don't you have to have money to buy land? And a whole lot of it? So this means that the, the, the virtuous woman got so much, she make her own. She got the bag. She got the bag. She got the bag. Not only does she buy the land, she uses the money she has earned, her own. Jamie Foxx said, I like her because she got her own. She got her own. She uses the money she has earned and plants a vineyard. She works very hard. She is strong and able to do all her work. She works late into the night to make sure her business earns a profit. Hold up. She ain't always just supporting him. This says her business. She got the bag. She got her own. You don't lose by submitting. You win by submission. She got her own. She buying says she got her own business. But I, let me put this little caveat in here for the, for the men. Um, you need to marry a woman with a vision. That's part. That's part of some of y'all's problem right now. She ain't got no vision either. Because in order for her to have, she got a vision. She got what? She got a booty, but she ain't got a vision. She got a booty, but no vision. Some of that's the problem right here. Because in order, in order to have your own business and it earn a profit, you gotta be able to have a vision. Because she works late in the night to make sure her business owns a pro earns a profit. She makes her own thread, weaves her own clothes. She always gives to the poor. She helps them who are in need. She does not worry about her family when it snows. She has given them all good warm clothes. She makes sheets and spreads for the beds. And she wears clothes of fine linen. That means she's dressed to the nine. Her husband is a respected member of the city council where he meets with other leaders. She made sure she got herself a leader. Hold on. In order to have yourself a leader, somebody got to be following. And that means it got to be her. She makes clothes and belts and sells them to merchants. She is a strong person and people respect her. She looks to the future with confidence. She speaks with wisdom and teaches others to be loving and kind. She oversees the care of her house. She is never lazy. 
Her children say good things about her. Her husband brags about her and says there are many good women, but you are the best. Grace and beauty can fool you, but a woman who respects the Lord should be praised. Give her the reward she deserves. Praise her in public for what she has done. When you submit, you win. But if we're going to talk about men and how you need to be a husband, women, this is how you be a wife. You ain't got to necessarily know how to sew, but what this says is she brings some skills other than sex, because uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, I ain't seen nothing about sex anywhere in there. about sex in there. Let me be graphic for half a second. I ain't seen nothing about no big titties in there. I ain't seen no big booty in there. I ain't seen no juicy stuffs in there. Nothing was leaking and juicy and squirting. None of that. This is a woman who had a vision, who had a plan, who had a purpose, who had her own, who knew how to take her own and merge it with his, and they got something going. She knew how to respect him. And in turn, because of her respect to him, he was able to brag about her and respect her. Let me tell you the truth. It's going to be hard for a whole lot of people to swallow. Submission is one of the keys to breeding love. Love makes submission easy, but submission is a key to opening the door to love. I'm going to say something else that some of y'all probably ain't going to like. Men are called to love. Women are called to submit. Loving is much harder than submission. You want proof? Look at your own life. Some of y'all have given yourselves up to men just because. And you just allowed yourself to be up under them. It was hard to love that joker though. It was hard for him to love you. Love is hard. Because love, true love is unconditional. So if I love you, that means I got to love you for life. Regardless of what you do. You ain't got to submit to me for life. You submit to me as long as I'm submitting to God. But I got to love you regardless. Even if you don't submit to me, I got to love you. Even if you don't do right, I got to love you. You submit unto me as long as I'm doing, trying to do what God said to do. If you're going to be a wife, this is how you be a wife. If you're going to be a husband, this is how you're going to be a husband. If you want your marriage to be successful, and no, I ain't got all the answers and neither does my wife. We got our own issues we work on every day. But if you're going to try and be successful, these are the things that you need to do. This is what we work on. I work on trying to be trying to be a good husband and trying to make sure I love and put her first. I got some issues. I be trying. I be trying. I'm a work in progress. I'm trying. She working on submission. She ain't perfect at it. She be working on it. She trying. She trying. We have our battles about it. We be, she trying. But we understand that this is how you get to the goal. Go ahead, you know, I was going to say something? Uh, I, just, I just wanted to share my own personal testimony. Please do. Um, when me and my husband first got together, before we even got married, we had a conversation. Because like I said, I had been doing this on my own for a long time. Not that I'm not qualified to do it. Not that I can't do it. It's just that I just didn't want to do it anymore. 
And to be honest with you, I really have not submitted to any man before my husband. I have been engaged three times and I have not submitted to any man but my husband. I let my husband know. We sat down and we had a conversation one day and I said, okay, I'm going to let you lead. It's just that simple, which really meant I submit my will to you. I'm going to let you lead. I'm going to do this. I'm going to try to do this because at that time I had to, you know, mm -hmm. still working on stuff. I'm going to try to do this God's way because whatever I was doing in the past didn't work. But for you, because he was different, he was different. And not only did I see that he was different by his actions, I waited and God showed me he was different. Oh, that's so key. Unlike the rest of the men I have ever been with, and no shade, because some of y'all of my may listen to this podcast, some of y'all still my friends. Thank no you for shade. messing up. I appreciate it. It's no shade to you. It's just that God spoke to me about him. And God had never done that before. And I was like, oh, for real though? <laughs> you sure? Okay, God. I'm trying. Because really at the time, if I could be really honest, I was learning how to submit to God. It ain't like that's the first time he done told me what I need to be doing. It ain't the first time I've been disobedient. And there have been repercussions for my actions. Hello, Friday afternoon's getting fired on your off day because you won't listen to God. That's me. I admit it. <laughs> but it was the first time that I really sat down and I was like, God, you know my heart. I'm not I'm trying to keep doing this no more. I'm not trying to let nobody else run up in me. I'm sorry. That's graphic for you. <laughs> I apologize if you feel offended, but this is my testimony. I'm not trying to let nobody run up in me or over me no more. It's ain't, I'm trying to do this your way. So you show me him. Not what I want. What What is best for me? Okay. You made me. So if you're the author of this book and you know the beginning and the end, why am I sitting, my, sitting up here wasting my time running through these dudes just because they cute, got a six-pack, got long hair, whatever the qualification, they light-skinned, got tattoos, money, whatever. I'm tired of doing this. This didn't work for me. I'm trying to do this your way. So, God, I submit to you. You show me. You lead. And I told my husband, I said, look, I'm going to let you lead. And I also had no problem with saying what I said next. I said, but if you mess up. If you fail at the job at any point, know that I will pick up the reins. <laughs> One of the top two sexiest things she has ever said to me, real talk, was when we had the conversation in the car. I'll never forget it. I know we were on our way to. I could tell you what I was wearing. <laughs> she said she said exactly what she said. We was talking. She said, listen, I'm going to give you the reins. And she physically made the motion of Put of holding reins and handing them to me as I'm driving. I'm going to give you the reins. I'm going to let you lead. But if you can't lead, please understand. I'm going to take these reins back. Let me tell you why that was sexy to me. One, it showed that she was willing to submit. But watch this, man. It also showed me she was capable of doing it without me. I need a woman who wants me. But I also need a woman who needs me. But not needs me so much she can't not live without me. 
Because if you can't live without me, when I die, what you going to do? Mm -hmm. I need a strong woman. Strong woman who's strong on her own and willing to submit as God has called her to submit that she can help make us stronger together. So when she said that, I promise you one of the top two sexiest things she's ever said to me. The, the, the other top sexy thing she said to me was also right along with the, the uh, virtuous woman scripture. I was upset about some things that were going on in ministry. And she essentially, I'll paraphrase it. She essentially said, baby, you do what you do. I'll make sure we take care of the rest. I'll make sure to be your mouthpiece and take care of the rest. I'll help this vision go forth because I know what I'm doing on my end. I will be your strength for the things you're weak in. Do you understand? That's what a wife does. That's what submission is. But she could only do that if I was a husband. The problem that we have with these relationship roles is that wives don't know, excuse me, Wives don't want to be wives. They want to be married. You want the ceremony. You want the ring. But you don't want the responsibility of being a wife. Because part of the responsibility of being a wife. As God has ordained this thing. And maybe one day I'll talk about the fact that some of y'all. Who aren't homosexual who are married. Still aren't really married in the eyes of God. Because what God has put together. Let no man put asunder. And some of y'all wives are with some men that God ain't put you with. And some of y'all men are with women that God ain't put you with. And so you may be married in paper and married to the and married in the eyes of this country, but you are not married. That's a whole nother thing. That's a whole nother topic. You got some invalid marriages. You want you want the wife title, but don't want the wife responsibility. And part of that responsibility is submission. Men, you want the husband title so that you can screw and be able to do it spiritually, legally without going to hell. You want to be able to say, I'm getting it in as much as I want and I'm not going to hell because I'm doing it with my wife. But you don't want the husband responsibility. You're responsible for everything in that house. And I tell, I've told this to men. If you don't think you can bear the responsibility for everything that happens in that house, don't you dare take her as a wife. I mean everything. If she don't want to work, you still making sure bills get paid. You still making sure she feels good. You still make sure she feels loved. You still make sure she feels appreciated. You still make sure she has the things that she needs. You still make sure the stuff for the house is taken care of. Chris Rock said this thing in, in, in a comedy special. I'm going to close on this. He said this thing that I absolutely found it to be hilarious first and absolutely true and people found it to be super sexist and I thought super it was offensive. so they did and I thought it was so right it's one of his old old specials he said this he said he was talking about uh, uh, the responsibilities and roles of a relationship mm -hmm. and he said listen if the kid can't read that's mama's fault I'm talking about mama's going out to the club at 3 o'clock in the morning they got, they got on a Wednesday night mm -hmm. and they got kids at the house mm -hmm. And that's why yo, that's why your kids call your grandmama mama and your mama and they call you Pam. So he said, if the kid can't read, that's mama's fault. But if the kid can't read because ain't no lights on in the house, that's daddy's fault. What he was essentially saying is the things that concern the house are on the husband. And as a result, 
it frees up the wife to take care of the nurture in the house. Because women are made through love. You, as a woman, are the only creation biblically you will ever find that God touched in creation. Bible talks about how, we, how God put his finger in Jeremiah's mouth to put his word in his mouth. It's a whole different thing. I'm talking about to create. He spoke the world into existence. He spoke animals into existence. He spoke Adam into existence and breathed on him. That's the closest to touch he, he came. But when it came to woman, he handcrafted you because he was putting his love in you. This is why you don't have to love. That's why you're, excuse me, this is why you're not commanded to love. It's who you are. He put it in you. That's how special you are. And if a man is not able to handle that and take care of all the responsibilities of the house and all the responsibilities of the wife and all the responsibilities of the kids, if you ain't able to do that, don't you dare take this woman as a wife. But, but women, if you are not willing to submit, if you ain't willing to give your all as to who you are of love, if you're not willing to show your husband how much you love him, if you're not willing to be the nurturer that builds him up when he can't be built up, when he ain't feeling well, when he ain't strong, you're willing to be strength for him. When he, If you're not willing to do those things, don't you dare agree to be his wife. We have a whole bunch of people who have agreed to do roles that they're not qualified to do or that they're not doing. And in any other place, you would get fired. But some, for some reason, you expect to stay with somebody and you ain't fulfilling your end of the bargain. Whether you like it or not, I say it the way I like, the way I feel it, and the way I hear it in my head. I feel a little Ric Flair-ish. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> whether you like it or you don't like it, learn to love it. Because this is what the Word of God says. We'll be right back. We're going to come back with Real Talk Banter. I didn't think I was going to take a break, but I feel like we should take a break before we come back with Real Talk Banter. You need to take a break. You to take a break? Okay. We'll be right back after these messages. Melodies from the Heart, the first official EP by Jesse Jones. Download your copy now from iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever music is downloaded. If you love love, make sure to pick up your copy of Melodies from the Heart by Jesse Jones. I promise you, you'll love it. <laughs> all right, we back. Whew, all right. <sighs> Everybody woo-sa. All y'all's toes been stepped on and everything. And Let's go ahead. And... <laughs> let's go ahead and end this with some fun, with some real talk banter. <laughs> you like that? You like that? <laughs> I had to try that one. I had to do that one. I had to do that one time. Uh, <laughs> We gonna do. We, I got three keep ones here. We gonna get through at least one. We may not get through all three of them. I may have to put the other two on the back, but we'll see. 
but but I know I definitely want to get through this real this first one, just because it has nothing to do with anything we talked about at all. <laughs> <laughs> but it should be a tough one. I cater this specifically to you. Like for me, I I know which one I I would keep only because it's like okay, yeah, that one that'll work. <laughs> but for you, I want to see you squirm a little bit. Oh wow. Well. <laughs> Real talk, Banter, you can only keep one. Okay. One song. <gasps> yes, by Shekinah Glory. <gasps> Ready to Die by Biggie Smalls. Wait, no. Come on. Come on. Nikki by Prince. Yeah. Glory to Your Name by Brian Cage. Oh! We magnify oh, your name. Come on. Woo, why you do that? Oh. Ooh, that's tough. That's I know. I know. Oh. I know. Oh. For y'all, watch you scroll. For y'all who don't understand, who haven't heard before, um, Ready to Die is her favorite Biggie Small song. It's a song that she really relates to. It speaks to her. On a level that people would not even understand. Yes is my wife's spiritual song. It is a thing that just takes her in all the time. Nikki is her favorite Prince song. But it's also one of the names of her former alter egos. Nikki. And Glory to Your Name is one of her favorite songs that she loves. And she loves seeing me do it. So yeah, yeah. Not your carpet out at your church over there. Oh, I'd almost threw in uh, uh, no limits, but I decided not to. Oh, nice. Let's not do that. Let's not. Oh, this is hard. Okay, so let, I, let, let, let's let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it old school way. Which one is gone first? Um, and why? Okay, so my first gone is Nikki by Prince. So why is that? Um, <laughs> Like, so that that was that was when I first heard that song, I was like, I wanna be that girl. She nasty. She nasty. <laughs> girl, control it, turn it, do it, do it. You, you can still be a little nasty and still be my wife. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> I was nasty. I was look that look look. If if you could excuse my language for a moment, but this is real talk. That Uh-oh. was my whole anthem. <laughs> it was. I, boy, I put that song on. But wait a second. Wait a second. You could be Maho. Hold really? on now. <laughs> it's legal. It's legal. It's legal. Marriage is <laughs> undefiled. <laughs> um. So yeah, that that's my first one to go. I could. <laughs> I'm not as attached to that one. Okay. Okay. For me, my first one gone. It's gonna hurt your heart. Ready to die can go. I know, I know. It can go. I saw it. Because I don't give a crap about Biggie Smalls and don't give a crap about that song. He was wow. ready to die and so he died. Wow. That sounds harsh, baby. It, it, look, he said it, not me. He said he was ready to die. Somebody took him up on the offer. Oh. So why would I be upset and have to hold on to a song that he spoke into the end of existence? He said, I'm ready. Somebody said, okay, it's your time then. So, hey. Since he was ready to die and he died, the song can die too. Oh. Toodles. What you got next? What you got? Okay. What you got? What's, uh, what's next? What's next off your board? So next off my my board is 
um, glory to your name. Um, I don't have as much of it. I, I, look, like I said, I will. You're going to need to get a carpet cleaner. I'm going to need a whole box of tissue to myself. I may fall on the floor. I don't know what's going to happen. I love, I just love magnifying his name. Like, it just, it's, it just, <laughs> I'm not even a good singer, but I will, you will hear me over everybody. Matter of fact, some of y'all probably heard me if you listen to <laughs> this past Sunday. You probably heard me. That was me in the background. Um, <laughs> but, I'm not as emotionally invested as the other two. Okay. For me, mm-hmm. this might surprise you. Yes, can go. <laughs> this is it's too doggone long for me. <laughs> it's one word, and I I'm. Like and I am a propo- I am a proponent of long, good worship. I am a proponent of simple songs. I learned a long time ago from the late, great, awesome, wonderful, anointed midget that he was, the brilliant Dr. Curtis Lewis. He used to always say the song of the Lord is never complicated. But he didn't say the song of the Lord only had one Yes, 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 yes. Like if you did that without a soloist who knew how to ad-lib, you would shoot yourself in the face. And if I'm in the choir singing that, I'm going to shoot myself in the face. <laughs> so, to keep myself from shooting myself in the face. There it is. Yes, can go. Okay. Um, so, the next one for me. And this is, this, is, this is a tough call because these two songs mean so much to me in so different much areas of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, okay. And I guess... I guess I'm gonna have to go with it, and it, it's gonna hurt my heart. And he just celebrated. We just celebrated our 25th anniversary of Ready to Die. How do you celebrate the anniversary of, of something the crea- of the album oh, release? Oh, I thought you meant his death. I'm like, don't you mean you, you, no, you acknowledge it or mourn it? This is this is the you know the 25th anniversary. I've always wondered about people years. celebrating death. Stop it. Like earlier, I, I meant to say this earlier. You you talk about how we celebrated the the. The nineteenth or eighteenth or whatever year it was of nine eleven, like we didn't celebrate it, we acknowledged it, we 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 remembered it. It sure. was the anniversary, but it, I didn't see no parties. What nobody? Like, Yo, come to my house. We having a nine eleven party. Turn up. No, I think that we got real awkward, real. But that's what I think. When I think celebration. So yeah. you know. <laughs> but go ahead. I'm sorry. Um. So for me, it, it is Ready to Die by Biggie. So for, for those who don't know, once again, let me reiterate, I'm a huge hip-hop fan. And Biggie Smalls is my number one rapper of all time. I don't care who you, what you say, you're not going to change my... It's, it, it's like, did I know that I know that I know that God is real? You cannot change my mind that Biggie is my number one rapper. It is just that simple. We still praying for her deliverance. It's, it's all okay. right, y'all. You be alright. Yeah, be alright. Um, ready to die took on a whole nother meaning for me. Mm-hmm. Like when I heard that, it made me in a in a weird kind of spiritual way not fear. Mm-hmm. Death, like it resonated. Not that I was out there in the streets like Biggie. Look, he talks about a whole bunch of stuff that goes on in that song, um, but it 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 opened me up to fear death less. 
not that I'm out there doing stupid stuff, but to accept that this is a part, like this, this is a part of my life cycle. This mm-hmm. is going to happen. It's inevitable, and I'm not gonna be one of them people trying to brace for it not to happen. I accept it. It is a part of the cycle, and and and, and to take you a little more deeper, which you probably like, it's Christian. Y'all gonna find this hard to believe. But it, it, for me, it really resonates that to be absent from the body is to be one with God, mm-hmm. to be present in his presence. I can't be in his presence like that, like in, in the true form of intimacy without death. Mm-hmm. So for as much as that we fear death, and I know, how do you get that out of a crazy hip hop song? But I did. My mind is different. He speaks, I'm different. He speaks how he speaks. I'm different. <laughs> It, it made it okay that I don't need to hold on unnecessarily beyond my time to this life mm-hmm. because there is life on the other side and I'm ready if it happens it happens I, ch- I would I would like to be presently more financially ready to leave the wealth behind for my family to build wealth generational wealth but as far as the fear of the death itself when it's my time, it's my time. And I'm cool with that. Okay. So talk about why Chicago Glory got to stay your number one. That I, uh, I So this is, we was going to steer away from the message. <laughs> the, I mean, not the message, but the conversation we just had. But it is exactly that. For me, I have struggled for so long because, look, we, we could go into some, and because y'all, none of y'all asked the questions back when y'all chance to interview me, <laughs> let's just say that my life has had some experiences. Indeed. <laughs> and I had learned the first, my first exposure to submission was actually through exploring my sexuality and different aspects. My, let's just put it out there, my level of kink. And because you ain't asked about it, you don't get to ask about it now. Kink! You missed kink. that. Um, but my me learning about submission first came through the world and it was it was it was learning that which would made it more ex- palatable for me to accept my submission to God was really that those sexual experiences the knowing that there is power in your submission mm-hmm. A lot of people don't think about that. Uh, people outside of the BDSM community don't understand that there is power in the submission. Mm-hmm. To give your will to someone is is is, is, an, is one of the ultimate powers. Mm-hmm. For you to be able to give your give up your own free will, unadulterated. And for me, the song yes really resonates me and my struggle and me finally letting go. If and this is gonna get good, very graphic for a second, so church people hold on to your pearls and your church hats and your fans, get your fan out. For me, the song yes is like the orgasm. Yes, yes. Stop it! No, I knew you were gonna turn it dirty, but it is it is my final for me when I first experienced. I had my first Holy Ghost encounter. Yes, she did because of that song. That. Just that simple act of saying yes, yes to your way, Lord, yes to your will, Lord. That I, 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 I won't fight you anymore. Like that, I feel it right now. Like that whole that that right there just personifies my life with Christ. 
no matter how much I want to fight it, at the end of the day, I do it his way. And he has proven to me time and time again that his way is best for me. Not that he didn't make me and create me to be intelligent enough, giving me enough passion and enough drive. It's just a simple fact that this way, this way has been more beneficial to me than anything else I've ever done. And I will never stray away from him again. Oh, no. I was there it is. It was coming. It was coming. Let it out. Let it out. I will come. never fight his way again. I, and it is my constant reminder every time the Philanda bucks up against what God has for me. That right there reminds me that he loves me so much. That he got my back so hard that why would I not submit my will to him? Why, why? I can't understand why we make our lives so hard by not submitting to him. It's so much easier for all of the horrors and troubles that we go through on this side of earth. We could have it so much easier if we just say yes. It's a simple word, but it means so much. Okay. Woo. Sorry, I put that like a message. <laughs> if y'all can see it, she Ooh. is in tears right now. I'm, I'm just that passionate about it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, for me, I got two left, and Nikki goes home. Bye-bye. Um, <laughs> Nikki goes home because I'm not a big Prince fan. Yeah, all right. I mean, yeah, all right. Eh. He's a musical genius. I give him that, but mm. he's never really did nothing for me. Yeah, all right. It, Nikki lasted this long because it's an it's a decent song and it has a connection to my wife with her name. That's it. That's the only reason it lasted long. So for me, the winner stays. Byron Cage bore to his name. There's something about that song, y'all. Especially when it hits that drive. I love doing that song on Praise and Worship. Because when we hit that drive. I love the first, the first part. It's great. It's beautiful. It's nice and serene. It's more, Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Forever you are the same. We worship and adore you. We bow ourselves before you, giving you the glory that is due your name. That's wonderful. It's beautiful, well written. But there's something about when you get to that drive that you are making a declarative statement that tells God not only what you what that you give glory to over what you intend to do we magnify your name glorify your name oh god we magnify your name glorify your name oh There's something about that right there 
where you just begin to tell God, God, I give you glory. God, I give you my worship. I, I give everything I got to you. I magnify you. I glorify you. I put you on the pedestal that you deserve to be. I put you in the place where you deserve to be. I give you everything I've got simply because you're God. There's something about that, y'all. If you ain't ever heard that song, I, I encourage you, go to YouTube. And really, if you want the full effect of it, you want the full effect of it, you want to type in Byron Cage, Glory to Your Name Medley. There are two songs he leads up to it that will let you know where it's, it's, it's uh, um, uh, uh, oh God, I forgot the two songs that lead up to it. Doesn't matter. There's two songs that lead up to it. And it is, it, it helps build to let you know that's who you are, God. And God, you're my father and all this wonderful stuff. And then we culminate with God. After all of that, I just get, I glorify your name. I magnify your name. Oh, God. That's why Byron Cage wins for me. Something about it. Something about it. Something about it, y'all. I got chills. Because there's something about it. It is. I was going to go ahead and do the other one anyway, but I'm not just because I like how we, I like this right here to end though. I like this right here to end though. So listen, y'all. This has been another edition of Real Talk. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. I need y'all's help, though. Can I tell y'all I need y'all's help for real? Last couple of weeks, our, our listenership has been down. And it, it's just been down. And I would love to get it back up to where it was and exceed it. So I need y'all's help. I need y'all to help me get the word out about this podcast. If y'all like it, help me get the word out. I know we're a little longer than some other podcasts, but you can't say it's not good information and good time. And hearing, hearing my, my, myself and my wife, we, our, our interaction in ways that most of y'all have never heard before. Actually, as a matter of fact, I'm going to be honest, to the best of my knowledge, I don't know of any other husband and wife team podcast outside of Monique and her quite trifling husband. We ain't gonna talk about that. I, just, I don't really know one that, that I know of. That I, I, know, I ain't saying they ain't after. I'm saying that I know of. Mr. Who? Stage. No. Technically, they're, not, they're, they're a little different. The, uh, uh, the love of our podcast is just a little different. It's really more just her. Oh, and he's okay. just kind of there okay. trying to help out. That, and that's, that's how he describes it. Um, she calls him her co-host. Mm-hmm. But that's how he describes it. Yeah. This, this truly, to me, is an equal territory thing, which is why I want you to participate more and bring up some more ideas on stuff. That's a whole other story. But we need some more. <laughs> we we, I, we need your help. We, it, we would love to get this podcast out there and get some more numbers of people to listen. Um, yes, it will do some things for us monetarily, but besides that, we, wanna, we, we would like to know that we're doing this for a purpose and people are hearing and listening and, and being touched by it, blessed by it, challenged by it, whatever the case may be. So do me a favor. Once you hear this podcast, get it out there to some of your friends. Let them know about it. Tell them to listen to it. Tell them to get some feedback on what they think. You can hear it on Anchor, on Google, on, 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 uh, I think, I think we are on Spotify. Yeah, we're on Spotify. Yeah, we are, I listen to it on Spotify. Just catch you on thing. I, sometimes I like to just play it back, listen to myself, because sometimes this food just be good to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a bunch of other, uh, Podcast stations, I can't even think of all of them right now, that we're, that we're on. We're trying to get on some others for y'all who are devilish iPhone users. We're trying to get to the to Apple Pod as well. Um, it's a little more difficult to get there. 
but part of one of the reasons it's so difficult is we need to get numbers. So y'all can help us out. We greatly appreciate it. Haven't asked for this in a while, but if you would like to become one of our valued listening subscribers, please somebody give Janelle uh, some company. She is our only valued listening subscriber, which means she is a, she is allowed uh, she's a committed to monthly donation. Uh, there are three tiers of donation. There's a dollar, there's five dollars, and there's ten dollars. Nothing major that you're agreeing to, to send into the podcast each month to allow us to grow and be better and, and do some better things. Somebody be alongside Janelle. She by her lonesome right now. She needs somebody to be with. Um, but yeah, we would love for y'all to help us out. Also, real quick, I'm almost done. Check us out on High Praise Ministries Facebook page for Next Level Service every Saturday at 1 p.m. We are in the midst of a phenomenal series. It is becoming one of my better series. Not the best. I still got I still got two that are, that I hold a little more dear than this one. But this is re- a really really good series. Top three series I've ever done. This is really 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 good. It's called Pick Up Your Tools and Get to Work, and it's outlined some things we need to know as the body of Christ mm-hmm. to be able to do what we're called to do, and give us practical application as to how to do it. That's every Saturday at 1 p.m. Or you can come visit us in our building at 3466 Holcomb Bridge Road in Norcross, Georgia. Please come out and see us 1 p.m. every Saturday. Be on the lookout. Check us out for the new High Praise Ministries Back to Basics Digital Bible Study. We're doing Bible studies uh, once a week, uh, for at least for this month and probably a little bit of next month. So join us while you can before we take a Bible study break and come back again. But come join us. Come check us out. We have a lot of different things we're doing, a lot of different platforms, a lot of different stuff. We would love for you to check us out. Listen, this has been wonderful. Do yourself a favor. Wives, learn how to submit. Women, learn how to be wives. Husbands, learn how to love. Learn how to be a leader. Men, learn how to be a husband. Everyone, learn how to submit to God. And I promise you, your life will be better for it. Mm -hmm. This has been another edition of Real Talk. I encourage you, no matter what you do, always keep it real. The Real Talk Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. This is Real Talk. Real Talk Radio. This is Real Talk. High Praise Ministries presents Real Talk. Real Talk. This is Real Talk. Real Talk Radio. This is Real Talk. High Prince Ministries presents Real Talk. Real Talk. Real Talk. Real Talk.